This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I drink it up. First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me, as always, is Mr. Positivity, a.k.a. Wolfie T, a.k.a. Brett. I can't talk too long. I gotta poo. What's up? You have too many a.k.a.s, too many aliases on podcasts and the Twitter world. Some of them are unintentional, you know, they just kind of happened and stuck you have the positively wolfy podcast so that's combining like mr positivity and wolfy t so then i feel like i have to include mr positivity and wolfy t and brett if i ever say brett during an episode and people are who the fuck is brett i would hope our listeners are smart enough to figure out there's only two of us and if you're addressing me as something that there's not a, a third person in the room you would think then again like i've heard people say that they can't tell our voices apart so like it could just be you like you could just be doing both voices yeah that'd be impressive <laughs> especially when we talk over each other <laughs> all right this episode is on 1989's batman was a big deal when i was a kid how about you yeah i was trying to think when i first saw this one i remember i saw batman returns i think i saw batman returns before i saw this one like i saw that shortly after it was out on video probably i think at a friend's house and i don't think i necessarily saw the 1989 batman until maybe junior high um but like i was into like I used to watch reruns of the old Adam West Batman series. And I used to watch Batman the Animated Series. I um, love the animated series. So I was into it. I actually started watching a couple episodes of the animated the animated series since HBO Max recently added it. Yeah, I just added it to my list the other day. I was gonna watch some. Yeah, it's serious as fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's I don't know. The episodes I've watched have very little humor in them. Like, Did you so watch like, episodes with the Joker? Not yet. I haven't seen... Like, There was one with Mr. Freeze. And uh, I think they did a two-parter with Clayface. The one where Clayface becomes Clayface? And yeah. Like, drown him in that... They're just pouring all that brown sludge down his throat? Yeah. <laughs> I remember so, that. Yeah, it was kind of dark. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's really dark and uh, serious. It was kind of interesting. It's such a contrast to other similar shows at the time. Like, I've been rewatching the X-Men animated series, and that's a little serious, but it's more, uh, it's got more humor, and it's, it's brighter, and, you know, things like that, so. Yeah, so anyways, I don't think I, I ended up watching the movie, like the first movie, till maybe... 
junior high, maybe when I was like 12 or 13 or something, I, I probably rented it for the first time. But I know we had like the, the glass mugs from McDonald's for Batman Forever, you know, with the Riddler and yep. Mr. Freeze and whoever else was on that, Batman and Robin. Um, so like, I was into Batman as a kid for sure. Yeah, I believe I saw this when I was about four, maybe four or five at the oldest. This came out in '89, which I would have been about three, but yeah. I didn't see it in the theater. But I saw it on VHS shortly after it came out, either in '90 or '91. And then, uh, yeah, I saw Batman Returns too. Uh, I think I saw Batman Returns in the theater. I don't think I saw any of the four Batman movies from the 80s and 90s in the theater. I think I saw them all on tape or DVD whenever I first saw them. And uh, Batman Returns especially is pretty dark for like a six or seven year old kid. <laughs> Especially when, you know, the penguins biting people's noses off. And <laughs> Yeah, I just remember watching Batman Returns as a kid and like the penguins got that black goop coming out of his mouth. And, <laughs> like He's sliding into the fucking water. <laughs> but, the penguins are his palm bears. <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, last year I bought the four pack of Batman movies on Blu-ray. And so I've rewatched them over the course of the year. And like rewatching Batman 89, I, you know, I thought it was just kind of okay the first time I watched it, but like I got a whole new appreciation for it now. And Jack Nicholson's Joker, especially it was a lot better than I had originally remembered it. Um, but Batman and Robin, I think gets, unfairly maligned as a terrible movie and i just fucking loved that i just watched that a few weeks ago and i like i was tweeting about it on twitter I'm like like why do people hate this like, i don't get it it's because super it sucks it's super fun it's light and campy it's very reminiscent of the adam west tv series and uh, the movie that was based on that and um you know i was starting to think you know after i watched the animated series like well, no wonder people hated it. They're so used to this super serious, dark, and menacing Batman shit. Like, they're not used to having comedy in their Batman movies anymore. So it was like, a, I, I guess I could understand that, you know, as a departure from what people have been used to for the last, like, you know, seven or eight years. Well, Batman Forever had a lot of comedy in it and then introduced some campiness. Yeah. And I like Batman and Robin better than Batman Forever. Like, I could see Batman Forever being the one that killed the franchise, but, like, Batman and Robin had Arnold in it, and uh, Uma Thurman was really good as Poison Ivy, so. Plus, it had Bane in a a chauffeur's hat, which was hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) And And Jesse, the mind of Ventura... Well, he was almost, he wasn't quite the mind in 97. I think he became the mind in 99. Yeah. Well, he, he campaigned in 98, right? So, uh, yeah, it was been part of the campaign, I think. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, I'm sure I'll revisit it sometime, but I do not have fond memories of Batman and Robin. I liked it enough as a, as a kid. I was about 
10 or 11 at the time, but yeah, not so much. They hooked me with the opening scene in Batman and Robin. It's like they go right into the action. Plus there's no flashback to Batman's parents getting killed. So that's a plus in my book. Did they do that in Batman forever? Um, I don't remember if they did or not. I don't think they did. I don't even know if they did it in Batman Returns, actually. I'm sure they didn't because it was the same Batman. Yeah, so I think that was a Christopher Nolan thing. You know, once Christopher Nolan started getting into it, he's like, we got to have a flashback to Batman's parents getting murdered again. Well, he has a new Batman. Yeah, but in every movie? (laughs) He only did it in the one movie. Did he? I thought he did it in every movie. (laughs) No, not at all. It was shown again in... Uh, Batman versus Superman. Yeah. The Justice League have it too? No. They just do it when they introduce a new Batman. It seems like it's like the uh, all the new Spider-Mans. Like how many times do I got to see him get bit by the bug? Like I get it. Just let him be Batman. Especially the new Spider-Man when he's like a teenager. So it would make sense to show it again. Yeah, but you don't have to write that story. Like you can... Like, write a story where he's already Spider-Man. Yeah, but if you want to have a young one, you usually do an origin story. Well, anyways, we can maybe save that for another time. Hot take. I like watching Bruce's parents get shot, okay? (laughs) Show it to me again and again. Yeah, Batman 89 is kind of an origin story, but not really, because he's already Batman, but, like, he's new on the scene. So it's not like Batman Begins where like you got to go see him do all his training and shit. <laughs> yeah. Now let's get to the details here. Directed by Tim Burton. Starring Michael Keaton as Batman and or Bruce Wayne. Jack Nicholson as Joker and Jack Napier. Kim Basinger. Bassinger? Basinger? <laughs> Vicky Vale. <laughs> Uh, Robert Wool as Alexander Knox, Penn Hingle as Commissioner Gordon, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent before Two Face, Michael Goff or Go as Alfred, Jack Palance as Grissom, Jerry Hall as Alicia, Tracy Walter as Bob the Goon, <laughs> Lee Wallace as the Mayor. I think that's about it. Are there any cameos I missed or something? I don't really see anyone else on here. I don't think so. Synopsis. The dark night of Gotham City begins his war on crime with his first major enemy being Jack Napier, a criminal who becomes the clownishly homicidal Joker. So I, along with pretty much everyone else in my generation, grew up thinking that the Joker killed Batman's parents. Right. Then you come to find out that's a controversial topic because that's not the way it goes in the comic books (laughs) or in subsequent movies right well if you saw the joker spoiler alert a joker (laughs) killed his parents but it wasn't the joker (laughs) and then batman begins it was god who was it it wasn't i think it was a random criminal yeah it was because it was uh before he kind of fully transforms into Batman, he uh, thinks he's going to shoot him at like a court appearance. And he chickens out. 
but he has a hmm. gun in his pocket and he's gonna shoot him. He was some I forget his name, but I think it was a low level mobster guy. Yeah, I don't recall, but uh like I said, I've been kinda slowly going through that series and we'll get to it at, at some point. So yeah, that's a bit controversial. It's in regards to the Batman mythos and the legend. We'll say the guy that they got to play young Jack Napier was a pretty good lookalike for Jack Nicholson. Sure was. Heck of a smile on that dude. <laughs> I didn't think he had that wide smile till after he fell on the acid. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they start off with a like a fake out because they show the husband and wife and kid coming out of the theater and not being able to get a taxi cab. But it's yeah. Harold. It's a guy named Harold, and his wife won't stop nagging him. <laughs> Harold, why don't you go a taxi? He's like, what do you think he's trying to do? You know? so looking like, at the, the map, he's like, put that away. We'll, we'll look like tourists. Right? The kid's going, Dad, we're going the wrong way. We're going the wrong way. And they end up getting mugged in an alley. Also controversial at the time, Michael Keaton himself. He's too short to play Batman. He's small. He's a comedian. Yeah, I noticed watching this time how small he does look, like, <laughs> yeah. especially when he's dressed as Bruce Wayne. And like, I don't think he's throwing away or throwing around guys who are like two hundred pounds. <laughs> like, I don't think he's just lifting them up like effortlessly. Like, they didn't have CrossFit back then, so I don't think he uh, had the muscle mass to be throwing people around like that. Yeah, Michael Keaton has had such a fascinating career. Starting out as a stand-up and then kind of being in some, you know, screwball comedies and then making it big with, I mean, Beetlejuice was 88, I believe. I think so. But he was, you know, he was pretty popular by then too. He was in a lot of movies in the late 80s. Wasn't Mr. Mom his big one? Or was like, you can't have Mr. Mom play Batman. Yeah, I think so. And Multiplicity maybe came out couple of years after batman uh gung-ho was 88 maybe I suppose i can look at his imdb yeah i just pulled it up to take a look so he's like night shift 82 mr mom 83 he was in johnny dangerously in 84 i assume that was a action movie wasn't it gung-ho yeah, 86 like action comedy beetlejuice was 88 so i mean he was in some stuff I mean, Beetlejuice was 88. I guess, you know, you'd see him in Beetlejuice, maybe you think he's more suited to play the Joker than Batman. But, I mean, yeah. he should have had a bit of a following at that point. Yeah. You know, he was still pretty big in the 90s, and then his career kind of just, just petered out. And he was in nothing for a long, I mean, nothing of note for a long time. And, like, I remember when White Noise came out, it's like, oh, Michael Keaton's in that. <laughs> and that was, let's see, so Multiplicity was 96. You know, he's in Jackie Brown, of course, in 97, Out of Sight, where you reprised that character in 98. Jack Frost, 98. And then did some TV and some TV movies. White Noise is 05. Yeah. And then I'd say the next big movie he was in maybe the other guys i mean he did some voices like in uh, toy story and cars well he was in herbie fully loaded 
You don't want to overlook that one. <laughs> and he's hilarious in the other guys. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and then he went on a streak of kind of best actor nominations or at least films where he's maybe expected to get the Oscar. So like Birdman and uh, The Founder, Spotlight. And now he's kind of, it's kind of petering off again a little bit, but he's in the, the trial of the Chicago 7 from 2020. I haven't seen that. Well, he's in Spider-Man Homecoming, apparently. I've not seen that. So getting back into the superhero stuff. Yep. And he's going to reprise his role as Batman yeah, in the upcoming Flash movie. Which I don't, I mean, there's a lot of talk about all these Batmans now. Like there's like five different Batmans now because they're like, well, Zack Snyder wants Ben Affleck to be his Batman. And then Robert Pattinson is the Batman. And then Michael Keaton's going to be like Batman original or whatever. Uh, it's like, why do you have so many Batmans, DC? Like, it's too many. Rumor is Robert Pattinson's not getting along with Matt Reeves, the director. Well, he got COVID on set and spread it to everybody else, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I heard he also refused to work out for it, which I guess Michael Keaton was the originator of that. And I guess, like, Michael Keaton will kind of play the role of uh, Batman Beyond. Did you ever watch that show? No, I never got into, like, the spinoff Batman series. I just watched the uh, the main one. So in Batman Beyond, Bruce Wayne is, like, 70 years old, basically. Like, 65, 70. I, I didn't really watch it much, but I was reading up on it. Because mm-hmm. I was, after DC kind of more or less announced or leaked that info about Michael Keaton coming back. So beyond like Batman was still fighting crime in his old age. And then there was an incident where because of his advanced age, you know, he's becoming weaker and it's harder to beat some of the criminals. And there was a moment where he almost used a gun and that was kind of like a crisis in his life. That's interesting. Kind of identity crisis. And he's like, you know, I can't be using a gun. So I got to quit this. And so it basically takes a, a young like teenager under his wing to train him to be the new Batman. I forget the kid's name, but that's what Batman Beyond is about. So Bruce Wayne is supposed to be like a 70-year-old dude mentoring a young Batman-to-be. So he grooms a teenager. So that... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure does. Obviously, the Zack Snyder Batman does not abide by the no-guns rule. Yeah. Because he's straight up just, you know, shooting his uh, M16s or whatever. Well, neither does, you know, Batman and Batman Returns. Some people that criticize like Ben Affleck as Batman, you know, they talk about, oh, Michael Keaton's the best Batman or Christian Bale. Mm -hmm. Especially, you know, people point at Christian Bale and like, you know, he he had that rule where he didn't kill anyone. Well, he did. (laughs) (laughs) More than once. And Michael Keaton did a lot. He murders Uh, like a dozen people at once in this movie. Yeah, we'll get to that scene later, but I think he murders about, you know, 30 or 40 people at, at the same time. I, he does, I don't even know if he personally is uh, there or if he's doing it remotely, but <laughs> he definitely does not abide by the do not kill rule. I would say Christian Bale kills less people, far less people, but he still killed people. But um, in comparing all the Batmans, I would still say I think Michael Keaton is my favorite as well. But 
it's just because like I think he is the best at both Bruce Wayne and Batman where I think Christian Bale was a pretty good Bruce Wayne and but I you know wasn't a, a huge fan of his Batman voice <laughs> <laughs> well at least he tried to put on a different voice like some of these other Batman uh they use the same voice as Bruce Wayne and Batman and they're like they're interacting with the same people and it's like well aren't you just gonna give away your identity when they're like hey you sound just like the other guy so I like how Michael Keaton did it where he just changed it slightly you know changed it enough yeah and even (laughs) it's so stupid in The Dark Knight Rises when Batman's talking to Catwoman yeah, Dark Knight Rises as a whole, I didn't like. I love Dark Knight Rises, but there was a really stupid scene in there with Batman and Catwoman on the roof, and they're talking, and he turns around for a second, and he turns back, and she's gone, and he goes, so that's what that feels like. It's like, you're by yourself. You don't have to use the voice. <laughs> so that's the one dumb scene in that movie. Well, then at the... Um, after, I mean, Catwoman finds out who he is after that. Oh. And then he's still using the voice when it's like just her. And it's like, well, she already knows. So you can, <laughs> you could switch that. And or did he have like, like a voice modulator in his mask or something? I can't remember if they. No, that was Ben Affleck's where like there's some like computer chip or like electronic voice modulator that yeah. Ben Affleck's Batman uses, which I'm fine with. I don't think it's the best Batman voice, but at least there's some logic behind it. Right. Versus Chris Bale just, tell me where they are, Joker. <laughs> Where's Rachel? <laughs> oh, not man. even doing that voice justice, how ridiculous it is that Chris right. Bale does. That's saying something. But uh, yeah, so I thought Michael Keaton kind of walked a fine line and, uh, played both sides of the character pretty well so he's still kind of my favorite although i'd say my favorite batman movie is probably from the dark knight trilogy but i love batman and batman returns i might like returns better than batman i'm not sure but yeah i think uh, i think i felt that way before rewatching them and then i they flipped after i rewatched. so i like the first one a little bit better than batman returns now for like Batman's like like most of the Batman like pretty much everybody who's played Batman has done you know serv- serviceable uh jobs with it but for me it's more about the villains right so like the villains make the movies for me so like the Joker is a great villain like i said Batman and Robin i thought the villains were fantastic in there um, Mr. Freeze and Poison Ivy and Bane and um, Batman Returns had a couple of great villains with the Penguin and Catwoman and then uh, Dark Knight with the Joker and Two-Face was fantastic so um, for me I think the villains are more important as far as whether I'm going to enjoy the movie or not because you know Batman is not the biggest stretch of an acting role uh, for a lot of these actors. So even if you have like a, you know, quote, bad Batman, it's still not like bad. Yeah. 
Well, we'll see <laughs> when all these new Batmans come out. <laughs> so Robert Pattinson comes with his goofy fucking accents. <laughs> uh, it just felt like doing it. <laughs> well, uh, back to the story. You were talking about the family get that gets mugged. Yeah. But they escape major harm, at least. Well, I think Harold gets knocked out. Or did he or did he faint? I forget. But he gets knocked unconscious. No, yeah, he got hit with I think the butt of a gun or something like that. But I mean, they weren't murdered. <laughs> right. But uh yeah, the criminals are just enjoying their the spoils of their of their work on a nearby rooftop. Baymac comes in and teaches them a thing or two. After getting shot a couple of, he gets shot a lot in here. I know. I I didn't uh, remember how bulletproof he was, because like he got like he got shot here, and like you said, there's like four or five other scenes where he gets shot, <laughs> and he no sells it. Like I, he went down in this one, but like he gets right back up, and it's like nothing. He, he goes down in the other two scenes I I can think of as well when he's with Bruce and the Joker. He goes down, and then uh, when I think it's Bob. Bob the goon and a couple of the other guys shoot him outside of their clown car when they're going after Vicky Vale. I think it's at the, uh, like the press scrum on the, like the steps of city hall or whatever. He gets shot in the arm and he doesn't even acknowledge it. <laughs> it's cause it didn't, uh, he was in such a trance. Suit, not his arm. That's he was in such a trance. He didn't even acknowledge getting shot. <laughs> But yeah, so Batman takes like four bullets, gets right back up, and then uh, disposes of the two villains. And then from there, we get a uh, shot of the cleanup of the ambulance coming to take the villains away, and the cops are arresting. Like he lets one of them walk away, but the other one is, uh, you know, fucked up beyond repair. But we meet Lieutenant Eckhart and. Knox. I forget what Knox's first name is, but I don't even Alexander. know if they say it. Knox is played by Arliss. Yeah. Is, uh, Robert Wall. That was an interesting casting choice. He was actually pretty good. <laughs> yeah, um, I like Robert Wall. He's good in here and in uh, Good Morning Vietnam. He's kind of, he's very obnoxious, so I can see yeah. some people like really hating his character. <laughs> they think he's annoying, but I think it's kind of like a humor or uh, Amusing, annoying, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and it's intentional. You know, he's the the reporter who's always like needling the cops for you know insider info and you know tips and leads and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's that's how it was. You know, that's that's the intention of the character, and he played it perfectly, to be honest. So, but Lieutenant Eckhart is. I thought Lieutenant Eckhart was a great character too. He's in that rough voice. It seems like a lot of his lines were all just 80 yard. That's what I was going to say. Like, it almost sounds like they dubbed in all his lines, but uh, <laughs> it's hilarious to me. Besides the fact his voice is so you know, gravelly and rough, like he's speaking very quietly, yeah. saying his lines very quietly, and it seems like they needed to pump it up in post. Yeah, because it's not a like, quiet scene. Like they're in the middle of the street and there's people moving around all around him. So it's like, yeah, he, he's obviously speaking very quietly and, but you can hear it fine. Cause uh, 
It sounds like they dubbed it, but I thought he was great as a like an old school fucking beat cop or whatever. Not a beat cop, but like a detective. Mm-hmm. By the way, what is the like time setting of this? Because everybody dresses like it's the fifties, but like it seems like it's modern day. I still see some eighties fashion. Yeah, but there's like a it. It's like they they're stuck in time with like half of the, yeah. the stuff that they do. I guess especially with the the uh, the family in the beginning, they seem like they're from the fifties, maybe yeah, sixties. But after that, it's kind of it seems like it's pretty modernized. Yep, the animated series is like that too. It looks like it's set in the fifties, but in modern day technology. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's go to our first clip. Knox. Hello, Lieutenant Eckhart. I hear we just had us another bat attack. That's what, eight sightings now in just under a month? I hear the commissioner's even opened a file, true? Sorry, Knox. These two slipped on a banana peel. Bat. I'm telling you, man. A giant bat. Sure you did. Keep moving. Don't be writing this stuff in your newspaper, Knox. It'll ruin your already useless reputation. Lieutenant, every punk in this town is scared stiff. You know what they say? They say he can't be killed. They say he drinks blood. They say... I say you're full of shit, Knox. So, uh, you can quote me on that. Lieutenant, is there a six-foot bat in Gotham City? And if so, is he on the police payroll? And if so, what's he pulling down after taxes? <laughs> Love that one. What's he pulling down after taxes? <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's uh, hard to quantify after tax, you know, income. It's a weird way of asking it. But I thought it was a, a cool scene there where they're just like, obviously the, the police are not wanting this to be uh, reported out on, but then like the guy just walks away like, it was a giant bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, uh, we forgot to, I forgot to mention that when the family's walking through the city, did you notice the hooker tries to, <laughs> tries to solicit the young boy? <laughs> like, well, I mean, doesn't she say, want me to read you a bedtime story or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> it was like Home Alone for 2 for a date, honey. Again. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was from Home Alone 2. But she does say something similar in this, like. Looking for right. a date, was, sweetie, or something? It was like the same situation. Just like walking through the <laughs> seedy part of town, and these hookers are going after small children. It's disgusting. <laughs> and those two criminals, uh, before Batman takes care of them, they're talking about Johnny Gobbs. It's like the legend of this other criminal who apparently died. So I think that was Batman's first kill. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't really get a whole lot out of that other than just you know setting up that batman is on the prowl yeah uh what did you think of the sets i like all the uh the fake background sets <laughs> i think it looks pretty sweet you yeah. know it's it's really uh tim burtony maybe not yeah. like to the extent of some of his other movies but like it, it looks great yeah i watched an old dvd version of the film because they took it off of HBO Max, I guess. Yeah, I think they took them off a little, I don't know when. 
maybe a few months ago. It's weird that they have to do that because like you fucking own it, Warner Brothers. Like <laughs> just put your stuff out there. They're putting it in the vault, taking a cue from Disney. I wonder if it's on another streaming service. It wasn't on Netflix because I didn't check Hulu. But yeah, because uh, I haven't rebought that uh, all the movies on Blu-ray yet. Oh, you know what? It's on Showtime right now. Okay. That's what IMDb says. So they must have had some deal where Showtime was going to get it, you know, for however long, and then they had to take it off of HBO Max. Yeah. So, like, the copy I had wasn't the best quality, like the original DVD yeah. from the, from the mid-'90s. <laughs> so it was a little grainy, but, uh Yeah. I like the vision of the sets. I mean, when you think of Gotham City, that's kind of what you think of, right? You know, yeah. the gothic architecture and all that stuff. So it was like Batman and Robin. I brought it up earlier. Another thing that people hated about it was how colorful it was. Mm-hmm. And there's definitely no problem with that in the original Batman. Yeah. But we're talking of course, about- there's less of it in Batman Returns, but... Yeah, but I think the next thing we get in the movie is the introduction of Vicky Vale, who is sexually harassed by Knox. <laughs> you want me to pose nude? You're going to need a long lens. <laughs> <laughs> Does that mean it's small? She got to zoom in on it. Was she new there? Like, like they acted like they knew each other. Like, it, it seemed like they were meeting each other for the first time, but they were old friends or something. Well, I think it was just him trying to charm her because he tries to take her on a date, like, in every scene he's with her. But, like, like do you think she's they just knew a each- famous photographer from out of town? I think, you know, she was new to the newspaper. It seemed weird how uh, comfortable he was harassing her that way, having <laughs> never met her before. He's just too charming for his own good, I think. But what stops him in his tracks is she says, I'm interested in bats. (laughs) So they got to team up to go find out more about the Batman. We're coming up on Jack Palance's first scene with Jack and some of his other men, right? Yeah, and that was fantastic. Jack Palance and Jack Nicholson acting together. Like, they know that Either, each one is kind of backstabbing the other, but they don't want to let on that they know. Yeah. And it's tense as fuck. Like, it's fantastic. And this movie, more than any other movie that I've seen Jack Pounce in, I don't know why, but every time he delivers a line, it seems like he's having an orgasm. <laughs> like, that's the tone it has. It always seems like he's, like, talking dirty or, like, in the middle of... Sex. <laughs> you are my number one guy. It's like, Jesus, just keep it in your pants, Palance. Although in this movie, that wouldn't make sense because the whole subplot is that he can't get it up anymore. And his <laughs> girl is hooking up with Jack Napier. <laughs> but he knows, but they don't know that he knows, apparently. I don't know. It's... <laughs> very strange but he has to send jack napier to access chemicals to personally take care of something 
Yeah, uh, by the way, did you ever play the Batman video game for Nintendo? No, I didn't even know they had one. Sure did. I used to play it all the time. I looked it up on YouTube. The actually play through the whole game, it's only like a half hour. <laughs> it gets pretty hard though. It's a side scroller. You know, you can punch people and throw a, like a bat boomerang at them, a batarang. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's it's not very similar to the movie. You end up fighting the Joker at the end, but you fight all these weird bosses on the way there. Yeah. One has like a jet pack, I think, and it's just it was really weird, but it's very like industrious. Like a lot of the levels are similar in style, I guess, to this movie. But it doesn't really have anything to do with Batman. That does kind of remind me. I did have one of them like old handheld games for Batman Returns. Okay. And you had to kill like the the uh, motorcycle gangs or whatever. Like they would come <laughs> at you and you had to like, I don't know, if you had to shoot them or whatever. But uh, I do kind of remember playing that. But I never played any like Nintendo versions of any of the Batman games. So yeah, we left off at Axis Chemicals, and it's a trap. Yeah. Well, we're not at the the chemicals yet, but this is. So the scene that we just talked about was Jack Napier suggests going and. I forget what the whole thing was. Like, you got to go get files or something because they're going to get caught for, like, uh, criminal activity. And um, Grissom says, well, I need you to do it personally. But from there... So it was supposed to look like corporate espionage. Yeah. They were stealing something out of a safe, but there was nothing in the safe. Yeah. But before we get to the safe, we have the party at the Wayne Mansion. Because that's where Batman finds out about it. It's charity balls. His big, beautiful charity <laughs> balls. <laughs> it's like that ACDC song. <laughs> yeah, so you want to get into uh, our next clip in the arsenal? Yeah, so Knox and Vicky are crashing this charity ball at the Wayne Mansion. And they're looking for Bruce Wayne. I, I don't even remember why they're looking for Bruce Wayne. but um, Why does nobody know what Bruce Wayne looks like? I know, right? Like, isn't he this rich, wealthy, like, uh, playboy who... The richest guy in town. Like, runs everything. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so they're just kind of poking around his house, and they come across a room full of suits of armor from around the world, which is a pretty sweet looking room to be honest so but they they start talking shit about bruce wayne and then the short guy with curly hair comes walking in behind <laughs> them and uh they get a surprise uh, as far as who they're talking in front of oh, wait, 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 wait. living room tiny room arsenal get this stuff who is this guy Gives to all these humanitarian causes and then collects all this stuff. <laughs> uh, he probably doesn't get chicks. They like him for his big charity balls. Yeah, and don't leave out his very large bankroll. Now remember, the more they've got, the less they're worth. And this guy must be the most worthless guy in America. Check this out. He must have been king of the wicker people. <laughs> oh, oh, where'd this come from? I have no idea. <laughs> 
Japanese. How do you know? Because I bought it in Japan. Who are you? Oh, sorry, Bruce Wayne. Alexander Knox. Hi. Oh, I read your work. I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, thanks. Can I have a grant? <laughs> Vicki Vale. Hi. Bruce Wayne. Are you sure? Yeah, this time. I've seen your photographs from Corto Maltese, haven't I? Right. Yeah, you've got a wonderful eye. Yeah, some people think she has two. <laughs> this is an amazing house. I'd like to shoot it sometime if you... Mr. Wayne, uh, we need to open a few more cases of the champagne. Will that be all right? Oh, sure. Go ahead. Oh, uh, open, what, six? Six? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, six is good. Okay. Yeah. It's great. Six. Thanks. Anyway, are you going to be staying in Gotham for a while? I, I'd love to. I'm intrigued by Alex's giant bat story, so I've done some... Oh, the, the right. That, the Batman mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. That's a little bit light after the warm court of the Maltese, isn't it? And what do you do for a living? Well, I'm involved. Sir, uh, Commissioner Gordon was compelled to leave. Ah, okay. Thank you. <coughs> Very I'm... unexpectedly, sir. Will you two excuse me? Uh, I, I think perhaps this way, sir. Oh. They need some more wine in the front room, and someone named Mrs. Daly needs a copy of the menu. Oh, and uh, give Knox a grant. Nice talking with you, Wayne. Oh, the rich. You know why they're so odd? Because they can afford to be. I mean, look at this mirror. Maybe it should be Bruce Vane. <laughs> so many terrible jokes. <laughs> He's a winner every, winner every once in a while, though. I do like his line about uh, women love him for his big charity balls. <laughs> Remember, the more they have, the less they're worth. Like, this what? guy must be worthless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that'd be true for Nicolas Cage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, like that mirror they're talking about is a was two-way glass, and he's got like five cameras on the other side. <laughs> Like he has got a lot of cameras for that one room. Sure does. And that was another joke that fell flat. Must have been king of the wicker people. I'm like, oh, it's a shitty joke. <laughs> Vicky Vale just thought it was hilarious. Well, I mean, the the wicker man was like what, like early seventies, like seventy three or something like that. Yeah. So that would have been a pretty dated joke back then. I don't know, unless like. The wicker people were a common, like, uh, myth or something. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Batman gets the info from Alfred, so he's on his way to over to Access Chemicals because they caught uh, the commissioner and uh, some, I don't know, beat cop, right? Giving him the info about Napier cleaning out Access Chemicals. And Commissioner Gordon finds out that Lieutenant Eckhart was the one that reported it. And he's got beef with Lieutenant Eckhart. So, so isn't he fired him already? Right. They all know that he's a dirty cop. <laughs> it's, just like, it's, it's so obvious he's on the take, you know? <laughs> uh, yeah, we forgot to mention in that scene earlier where Knox and Eckhart are talking it was right after Eckhart took a payoff to yeah. take out Jack Napier. But 
I noticed, so there are access chemicals and they're opening the safe. Did you notice that there's no like locking mechanism on that safe? Like they cut the, the dial off the front, but like there's nothing like in the side of the door or on the back of the door that would latch it to the, the yeah, side of the was like no safe. handle. Yeah. <laughs> it's pulled open by the knob. Like I don't even know how it stayed closed, you know. I mean, I know some safes do have it like that, where it's just the knob. Those are small safes. That isn't. This thing was like five feet tall. It looks like it was cast iron. Like it would have been a really heavy door. But even so, like, I don't know. Maybe it was in the bottom or something. But you would still have something like that would come out to connect it, you know, to lock it in place. And it was just flapped. Like the edge of the door was all flat. There was nothing on the back of the door. Like it looked like the the frame where it would lock into place was flat. Like I don't even know how they kept the door closed, let alone locked it. Mm-hmm. Hashtag revealing mistake, right? <laughs> Goof. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. So Ackard is there to assassinate Jack Napier, but Commissioner Gordon comes in and says, "You know, we got to take him alive. No shooting." Eckhart is crushed. (laughs) (laughs) He's so mad. And then uh, Batman shows up. Meanwhile, Jack Napier is just like dumping chemicals all over the place. Just turning uh, turning knobs and uh, flipping switches or whatever as he climbs up to the top of the catwalk. Yeah, so Batman shows up as the Joker is making his way up to the top of the factory, releasing all the acid uh, that he can on the way up. I see Joker. He's Jack Napier now. Jack Napier, he ends up shooting Eckhart. That (laughs) guy had a... Because Eckhart was loyal to Grissom. You know, I think there was one scene where Jack Napier tried to pay him off, and he's like, no, I work for Grissom. So he had a vendetta against him. Yeah. Batman takes another bullet. Uh, and it ricochets off of Batman, hits something else, and then it, like, it hits Joker in the face or something ricochets off and hits Joker in the face. Yeah. Fucks him up. Oh, yeah, Batman blocks it off his wrist guard. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. And then Joker falls over the railing into a chemical vat. It's fully submerged. And we think, oh, that must be the thing of Jack Napier. We'll never see him again, right? (laughs) Uh, Batman gets away before the cops can apprehend him, of course. But then it's kind of weird. So, like, they just left Nicholson in the vat of chemicals. (laughs) That's a good point. They didn't close down the building because it's an active crime scene and there's a dead gangster in this acid over here. <laughs> that is a good point that he got away. <laughs> Cause I don't know like if he crawled out before they got to him or somebody pulled him out and dragged him, you know, to his back alley plastic surgeon. But yeah, it seems weird that he would get away from that after getting his face messed up and then landing in a vat of acid. <laughs> um, he sees an under or a back door plastic surgeon, basically. Yep. 
So I thought maybe like just the acid kind of, or the chemicals basically melted his face that way. But the surgeon was talking about how the, all of the nerve endings were cut. So I'm guessing to avoid his face, like the skin just drooping off of his bones, I'm sure the doctor had to kind of, I guess, suture his face up and do like a smile. So there was some form to it. Right. Yeah. Because since all the nerve endings were severed. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, it was definitely, he didn't have good tools either. Like he had some rusty ass <laughs> uh, fucking instruments and he was working by himself. There's nobody there. It was a real dingy, mm-hmm. kind of abandoned building. But uh, yeah, Joker seems to, he's been born. The Joker's been born. So I thought it was funny throughout the movie. You know, like his skin turns white after the incident and his hair turns green. Like there's a bunch of scenes later where he puts on makeup and dyes his hair so he looks just like he did before the accident. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's too much to do that for every scene, but maybe he hasn't fully accepted his new form until later in the movie. Um, So I think the next clip is Joker revealing himself to Grissom in a very intense scene. That you, Sugar Bumps? Who the hell are you? It's me. Fried. Is that what you heard? You set me up over a woman. A woman! You must be insane. (laughs) Don't bother. Won't be worth spit! I've been dead once already. It's very liberating. You should think of it as uh, therapy. <laughs> Jack, listen. Maybe we can cut a deal. Jack? Jack is dead, my friend. You can call me Joker. And as you can see, I'm a lot happier. Jack Palance again. Jack, <laughs> maybe we can make a deal. <laughs> Just calm down, Palance. Gets so sexually excited <laughs> in every scene. Yeah, he was old when he did this, too. Or at least he looked old. Yeah. He, he was the villain in Tango and Cash, which came out the year before this. He was also yeah. in, uh, you know, of course, the City Slickers movies, which came in like 
couple years after this. But yeah, he was pretty popular at the time. Yeah, so he was born in 1920, so he would have been 69. Wow. But speaking of old guys, I just saw that Liam Neeson is retiring from action movies. Oh, yeah? So, so I looked up how old is Liam Neeson. He's 68. Should have been retired. <laughs> Not when you become a star at age, was like 55 when Taken came out? <laughs> Yeah, what year was that? Like oh seven? Yeah, probably. Um, so <laughs> it's it's just weird how old action stars are today for the most part. Um like even Michael Keaton, he would he was born in fifty one, so he would have been thirty eight when this came out. So like even that seems kinda old for like Batman, I guess. But I guess it kinda makes sense too. Um, so Joker names himself the successor to Grissom. Um, I forget what excuse he uses for Grissom not being there, but he says Grissom put him in charge. And, you know, he's meeting with the other mob bosses of the city. And he's, scene. The, the fantastic scene with the electric handshake. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's a little hot under the collar. Yeah, he electrocutes a dissenter as an example to the rest of the crew to fall in line. Yeah. I think this scene, too, he has the line, haven't you ever heard of the healing power of laughter? Yeah. They're like, what's so funny? Why are you laughing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has a great Joker laugh. Oh, yeah. Like I said, like, I didn't appreciate the first time I saw this movie how great how great Jack Nicholson was as the Joker. But seeing it a few more times like yeah he's really really good from there we get the scene where vicky is following bruce throughout the city and this uh, is this is after their first date though right oh yeah i think so because i i wrote down my notes here that i was like bruce got laid on the first date from vicky vale damn because yeah he has that really awkward dinner at that long table Right, yeah, and then <laughs> and then they move into the kitchen and eat with uh, Alfred. Alfred. But it was weird because like she's super drunk and he's sober. He's like, "Oh, one glass puts me, you know, in a tizzy or whatever." <laughs> like he's trying to make excuses for like, "Oh, yeah, I am as drunk as you. Just believe me." And uh, yeah, it was hard. I couldn't tell if like they actually fucked or if like they just slept in the same bed, but. Later, she said that they slept together. Yeah. So I think she said she was like regretting that or something. I can't yeah, believe I, I slept with you or something like that. I think that's a hashtag me too. <laughs> then she wakes up to him just uh, hanging upside down like a bat. <laughs> Real subtle. Yeah, that was an exercise craze in the 80s. <laughs> Did they do that in American Psycho? Uh, I think they might have. I, I don't did. know. Uh, I remember somebody also doing that in uh, Lethal Weapon 2. Because one of the cops gets murdered while he's doing that. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we, we kind of sk- uh, skipped the date. But, like, the next day... Like, he says he can't see her again because he's going out of town on business. And Alfred fucking ruins it. He's like, we're not going anywhere. I don't I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> so she decides to follow him. And like later there's pictures of what she saw. Was she taking pictures? I didn't think she had a camera with her. She had a camera, but I didn't like it didn't seem like she was actually clicking it. Like the they didn't have the noise. There was no flash. I mean, of right. course, there's no flash because she would have been seen and it was daylight. But, um, yeah, they he, didn't hear any clicking or camera noises. And then he pulls flowers, like, out of his ass or something to leave on the sidewalk. And then... Uh, he was in his coat. Yeah. Wrapped <laughs> up in, like, a, a paper. So... Uh, in like a shitty part, a shitty part of town, he he drops some flowers on the sidewalk in front of a hotel, and or like a, a former hotel. And Vicky calls up Knox, and she says, "Get on the case, find out what's so special about this street corner." Mm-hmm. And like a month later, Knox gets around <laughs> doing it. <laughs> and isn't that something people would know, anyways, too? I would think like so. It, I would think like that would if be if fucking Bill Gates lived in your town, and his yeah. parents are murdered. You wouldn't you know about it? Well, especially it would be like if Bill Gates is. It would be like if Bill Gates got murdered when his kid was eight, and then the kid grew up to run Microsoft. Like, wouldn't you know that that kid's dad was the most rich person in the world and was murdered? Like in cold blood in the middle of the street with his wife. Like I would think that would be a pretty big <laughs> news story. Like nobody knows who Bruce Wayne is. It's fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, I know he's reclusive, but I mean, Well the Joker does. He knows who Bruce Wayne is. He's like, oh Bruce. Oh Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, he's interested in his money. But they're doing a uh Bruce kind of ambles over, I think it's like the city hall or something, but there's like a, a building with a lot of steps in front of it. And one of the fat dudes from the mob boss meeting is doing a press scrum for some reason about how he's taken over Grissom's businesses. <laughs> like they just have an impromptu press conference. And I'm the new leader of La Cosa Nostra. <laughs> So why is the mob guy having a, a, a press junket about him taking <laughs> over his boss? I am now acting boss. My quote, legitimate businesses. <laughs> <laughs> but these mimes start showing up. There's a chubby mime and some other mimes. Uh, and then Joker just shows his face. And they all start shooting up the place. She's like a mass shooting in the, you know, in the middle of Gotham City. Bruce Wayne's in a trance. We kind of mentioned that earlier. He was in a trance. Takes a bullet in the arm. May or may not have grazed his skin, but it definitely took a chunk out of his coat. Uh, but he's totally unfazed by it. Sure was. And uh, Jack kills said mob guy with a pen thrown it into his neck, which was fucking sweet. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Pen's mightier than the sword. This town needs an enema. It's <laughs> a good line. It's a great line. So yeah, Joker gets away as he's wont to do in this movie because the cops just can't do a fucking thing. I mean, we can talk about it later too, but when he has the parade, it's like he literally said on TV he was gonna have a parade that evening. Right. And like the cops are like they can't do anything to stop it. 
They're doing security. Like they're doing <laughs> security for his parade. <laughs> like, like the, the, not the commissioner, but the uh, like the mayor or somebody's like, you know, we're not, we're not gonna make a deal. <laughs> it's like, well, you just you just provide security for this parade. Right. <laughs> like this guy just admitted that he killed half of your constituents <laughs> and is trying to kill the rest of them. <laughs> but okay. I thought it was funny too because after that whole incident, like Bruce is like all brooding and whatever, and Alfred's like, "Why don't you marry that Vicky girl? I mean, you boned her once; you might as well, you know, (laughs) fucking tie the knot. Tell her who you are." Like Alfred is really gung ho about Bruce telling people who that he's Batman. (laughs) Another thing that people sometimes find controversial about this movie, Alfred A tries to get Bruce to confess to Vicky Vale who he is and B he brings her to the fucking bat cave <laughs> right <laughs> what are you doing Alfred like and it was weird because like they had only known each other for a couple days or you know I don't know how long it was until he brought her to the bat cave but like she was there when he was Batman that too like he drove her to the bat cave at one point and like no blindfold or anything to keep her from memorizing the path that he took to get there and uh like i thought that was weird because that was that was always a big deal and like the other versions of batman is like you can bring people to the bat cave but you can't let them see how you got there yeah and i'm sure alfred didn't take the batmobile and go through the the false wall basically well, they came down from the fucking man, uh, the mansion, and uh, like Bruce is sitting there without his costume on, and is like, "What the fuck are you doing, Alfred? You're you're blowing it. You should have fired him right there." But you're Vicky, you know, it's a member of the press too. I'm sure she's real tight-lipped about his secret. I think from here we can get to scene at the art gallery. Because Joker saw a picture of Vicky Vale. And you're skipping a, you're skipping out a little bit. So he's going through the pictures of uh, the shooting. So like he had Bob the goon taking photos of the press conference before they shot it up, and he like he sees Bruce Wayne there, and then he sees Vicky Vale, and uh, she's like, I don't know. I, I, he said something like, I don't know if he's she's got a boyfriend or something, but uh, she's about to trade up because he's gonna go and get her but uh before we do that we see the news coverage um so there's like a live news show and joker interrupts it to tell them that he has poisoned their uh products or you know people are dying from using joker products (laughs) and he has a commercial which is pretty hilarious here it is Again and again. Oh, 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 oh. That 
luscious tan. Those ruby lips and hair color, so natural, only your undertaker knows for sure. <laughs> I know what you're saying. Where can I get these fine new items? Well, that's the gag. Chances are you bought them already. <laughs> Love that joking. So remember, put on a happy face. <laughs> the information you requested. Thank you. Hell of a salesman. Yeah. Meanwhile, one of the news anchors drops dead. Mm -hmm. There's a permanent smile. <laughs> they all turn into the Joker before the day. Which is weird because, like, he survived it, but somehow it kills other people. Yeah. <laughs> and plastic surgery made him look like that. Like, it wasn't chemicals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, logic be damned. So, yeah, everybody's going to stop using all their personal hygiene products because they don't know what's causing it. <laughs> so, like, everybody's going around. Well, not everybody because, like, the news anchors are showing up without their hair and makeup and all they that stuff. They look like shit. <laughs> but, like, everybody else in the movie, it just looks like normal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're totally unaffected. It's like all the anti-maskers. <laughs> but the... uh the mayor says the festival is still on because they're planning a, what, 200th birthday festival for Gotham City. Yep. And people are saying, well, we, sh we should shut it down because of the Joker. And he, he doesn't want to do it at this time. He says it's still on. But after that is where we get that set up for Vicky at the, they're going to dinner at the museum for some reason. It was weird. Yeah, like, it was weird. They have a restaurant and a museum. I wasn't sure if it was like a fundraiser type of deal. Didn't look like it. It looked like they just had a like a bunch of tables that you could go up there and reserve one and just have a night out. But Joker tricks Vicky into showing up by saying, you know, Bruce will meet you there. And then... Alfred and Bruce find out because Vicky leaves a message saying I'm going to be 10 minutes late at the museum and Bruce is like okay wait a minute I'm not meeting her tonight <laughs> I thought that was I thought that was an interesting uh, reaction to finding out about it yeah um, we should also mention Minnesota legend Prince who had a big impact on this movie <laughs> the soundtrack right. You have to purify yourself in the waters of Lake Minnetonka. Let's go through all the songs here. So The Future, uh, Vicky Waiting, Electric Chair, Party Man, Trust, which is the one at the parade, Scandalous. I think that's it for his songs. There's a couple other uh, pieces in here, but yeah, Prince was still huge at the time. So this was a big get for Warner Brothers. We're going to have Prince do the soundtrack. This is going to be great. And it's okay. I mean, I love Prince and Purple Rain and whatnot, but these aren't like his best songs. They don't really fit. Like yeah. it, the aesthetic doesn't really fit. It does to like for from like an late 80s perspective. Yeah. But yeah, from like a Gotham or a Batman perspective, no. 
Right. <laughs> the guy, like his goons are walking in with his ghetto blasters and like two or three <laughs> right. scenes walking around with this big boom box everywhere. And they're wearing like these jackets that are very late eighties. It's like NWA, like hip hop type style. Yeah. And then Jack is just dancing around. Like in this scene at the museum, he gasses everybody, you know, Vicky is given a gas mask to put on before the gas hits. But then Jack and his goons come in and they're just dancing the party man by Prince, just repainting all the the artwork that's hanging in there. They're just leaving their fingerprints everywhere. Like they're that one guy caught. puts his handprints on uh, like five, six times in orange paint on that one painting. Mm-hmm. I think Jack wears... Uh, gloves though yeah he wears gloves for most of the movie but he probably doesn't have fingerprints anymore anyways yeah so he introduced himself to vicky he's the world's first fully functioning homicidal artist Mm -hmm. very proud of that i thought it was hilarious at one point vicky throws water in his face and he does the (laughs) i'm melting gimmick from uh, wizard of oz (laughs) vicky's concerned yeah, he shows up in that makeup that makes him look kind of normal. Yeah. And then she throws the water on him and some of it comes off. So to see the white skin underneath, but <laughs> uh Batman's uh, concerned because he just yeah. murdered a bunch of people in front of her. And Batman shows up to ruin all the fun and get Vicky out of there. <laughs> and I love the Joker going, Where does he get those wonderful toys? <laughs> He's so jealous. Yeah, he's lamenting the fact that Batman gets more press than him. We live in a world where a man dressed as a bat gets more press than me or better coverage or something. Yeah. Yeah, we get the first look at the Batmobile, which is a pretty sweet chase scene there. I had that Batmobile, and actually I still do. I think you've seen it. Yeah, I think, yeah. On my shelf above her. One of my movie shelves. I feel like I had a toy, a toy version of that also, but I don't remember. I don't think I have it anymore. There's a machine guns flip up. Uh, there's a missile that shoots out of the center front of it. And then there's another button on the back that makes the fire come out. Oh, yeah. That's Which pretty is especially sweet. handy after, you know, the second one where he uh, burns that uh, henchwoman to death. <laughs> <laughs> he never kills anybody. <laughs> I like too. He's got so like they get stuck in traffic because everybody's crashing into each other, and then he, they jump out and they run on foot. But he's got the remote control to get the uh, shields up. The shields up. That was pretty sweet. I like how they animated that too, the special effects on that. Yeah, that like looked like uh, stop motion. But it was it was pretty clean. Like it wasn't like yeah. some of the other stop motion where you see where it's real janky. Like it it looked good. Yeah, and then uh he gets Vicky away with his uh grappling hook and then he gets shot again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and falls over. <laughs> He plays, he sells it this time, and, but he's playing possum. <laughs> he pretends to be dead, and then he, 
he jumps up and takes them out. I like how he weight shames uh, Vicky. <laughs> I think you weigh a little more than 108. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't repel too quickly to the uh, catwalk or walkway above. Right. And then he had to let go to get her up there all mm-hmm. the way. Um, so he takes her back to the back cave at this point. Like I said, like nothing to uh, prevent her from seeing how he got there or where it's located or how you get in. <laughs> you know, he's just like, cool. You, guys, you can know exactly where I am. And then I, you know, once they get in the cave, like there's a bunch of bats hanging off the walls and stuff. But then there's one bat in a cage. Yeah. And I'm like, why is that bat in a cage and the rest of them are just free to do whatever they want? I guess it's a special bat. Uh, well, I don't know how special it is if it's caged up and can't do anything. Maybe it kept shitting on the Batmobile or something. Maybe it's the head vampire bat. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> it's the bat that bit Batman to turn him into Batman. Because mm-hmm. that's how it worked, right? It was a radioactive bat. <laughs> I don't know, because they didn't give me the origin story in this movie, so I was so confused. <laughs> they kind of did. <laughs> so I was confused by it. Uh, why is he a bat? I mean, he must have got... I mean, that's the only logical explanation, right? Um, I think the next... Is the next scene, the... Uh, Vicky wakes up in her apartment, doesn't she? That's right. He, he drugged her and brought her back to her apartment and then he stole her, her uh, photographs or whatever. And he just threw her face down on the end of the bed. <laughs> like he didn't make it comfortable for her. He just kind of threw her there and just left her. And he probably raped her too. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> he already fucked her when she was too drunk to consent. So, <laughs> I suppose. Maybe. I don't know. It's unclear. Allegedly. Unclear. But basically after that is when we, uh, where Bruce tries to explain himself to Vicky at her apartment. Yeah, he's actually going to tell her that he's Batman. Like, we talk about, he's known her for maybe two weeks. (laughs) Bruce is terrible at explaining himself and his feelings. Like, he starts to get into it about three or four different ways. Like, you know how somebody wakes up in the morning and they go downstairs and they eat breakfast and he like pantomimes everything he's talking about too, which is funny. <laughs> and then like everything, like every metaphor or allegory he starts, he doesn't finish. He's all right. All right. Listen. Um, and he just goes into the next one. He just cannot like, just fucking say you're Batman. If that's what you're going to say, I know he's trying to like provide some context, but it's just, he's doing a terrible job. Well, then Vicky's like, oh, no, you're married, aren't you? Like, yeah. No, no, no. And I'm like, the next thing is you're gay, right? Yeah, I thought she was going to say, <laughs> like, oh, you're gay. <laughs> that's, the, that's the next logical step from there. Like, we can't be together because. Uh... <laughs> but he doesn't get it out. He can't get himself to say the word Batman. And then the bell, the doorbell rings. And it's the Joker and crew. By the way, why did Vicky just have a big-ass bowl of popcorn on her mantle? 
I don't know. I don't think I noticed it, actually. She actually takes it down um, right before Bruce gets shot. But it was it looked like it was just sitting there. Like, it was just, like, some people, you know, have a bowl of candy in the house. Like, it was like she just had a bowl of popcorn just sitting there for people to just pick at whenever they wanted, to, <laughs> you know, a snack. <laughs> like, that's disgusting. How long has it been there? <laughs> So, yeah, that leads us to our next clip when the Joker is trying to court Vicky Vale once again and tells her there's been a tragedy in his life that uh, I forget her name, Alice, maybe? Alicia. Alicia. Close enough. <laughs> yeah, she, she was... uh, committed suicide by throwing herself out a window. Well, she had that mask on when they were at the museum. He brought her over because he was like experimenting on her face. Yeah. Just put acid on people's faces. Yeah, she was Grissom's old girlfriend that the Jack had been uh, boning. And, Sugar uh, bubs. <laughs> so Joker, he already cucked Grissom. And now he's trying to cuck Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, Mrs. Vale, another rooster in the hen house. <laughs> Take thy beak from out my heart. Bruce. Bruce Wayne, n'est-ce pas? Most of the time. I know who you are. Let me tell you about this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid, bad seed, hurt people. I like him already. <laughs> now, you know, the problem was he got sloppy, you know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here. He was the kind of guy who couldn't hear the train till it was two feet from him. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? Well, made mistakes. And then he had this. Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> Why is it every time we get comfy, somebody always gets in the way? I'll need a moment alone, boys. I'm only laughing on the outside. My smile is just skin deep. If you could see inside, I'm really crying. You might join me for a weep. (laughs) (laughs) 
knows how to make an entrance and an exit. <laughs> <laughs> so out of nowhere. So good. And he shot Bruce again. Bruce gets <laughs> shot again. What's that, number three? <laughs> well, three, three and a half, because if you count the, the one where he gets hit in the arm, we'll call that a half. Okay. This is three and a half. <laughs> But uh, he gets it's he stops it with a, like a serving tray, you know, like a like from a tea service or something. <laughs> so and he pulls a Clint Eastwood at a fistful of dollars. It would be parodied also in the next year from Back to the Future Part Three. This was all the rage at the time. Everyone's like, got to put a a metal plate underneath their shirt. It isn't like Dumb and Dumber. Like, what if you would have shot you in the face? <laughs> yeah, what if you would have shot me in the face? That was a risk we were willing to take. <laughs> and then Bruce is child, very confident. And then Problem Child took it a step further with a prune. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even smaller window. <laughs> uh, so after that, Knox finally gets around to telling Vicky about Bruce's dead parents. <laughs> Like, I don't know. It's probably been a couple of weeks since she asked him to do it. And like, all he had to do was go look in the archives. Like, I mean, I don't know. I suppose it took a little longer back then, but uh, even still, like, I think he was going to do other stuff. You remember the file on Bruce Wayne was like empty too? Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> How do you know nothing about this guy? There'd be articles about his business in the newspaper every week, probably. Right? Like, he probably employs more people in that city than anybody else. Mm-hmm. But they don't even talk about, like, Wayne Industries. They don't, they don't get into his, like, business dealings or anything like that. They're just like, he's rich, and he's got a big mansion, and his parents are dead. That's really all you need to know. Um. So, after the rash of killings and you know the chemicals going around the mayor has a press conference to cancel the birthday festival finally but somehow the joker takes over all the airwaves to uncancel it (laughs) yeah they don't get into how he does it it's just like whenever he feels like going on the air he goes on the air all right here's our next clip the 200th anniversary birthday gala has been indefinitely postponed. We simply cannot guarantee public safety. Joker here. You got interference. Call the OB unit, will you? Now, you Come fellas on. have said some pretty mean things, some of which were true under that fiend, Boss Grissom. He was a thief and a terrorist. On the other hand, he had a tremendous singing voice. He's dead now. He's left. Now, I can be theatrical and maybe even a little rough. But one thing I am not is a killer. I am an artist. I love a good party. So, truce. Commence au festival. And I've got a surprise for Gotham City. At midnight, 
I will dump 20 million in cash on the crowd. Don't worry about me. I... We are not prepared to discuss any deals. <laughs> you heard it, folks. 20 million. And there will be entertainment. The big dukeroo. With me in one corner and in the other corner. The man who has brought real terror to Gotham City. Batman. Can you hear me? Just the two of us. Mono e mano. I have taken off my makeup. Let's see if you can take off yours. Remember that episode a couple years ago where I, I said mano e mano? Yeah. You corrected me to mano a mano. I think this is where I got that from. <laughs> it's like it's mano e mano. I it heard it. Hand, hand and hand. <laughs> like they're going to hold hands, is what that means. <laughs> Because mano is hand in Spanish. So mano a mano is hand to hand. So like hand to hand combat. Yeah. But if you say hand to end hand, it's like you're going to go hold hands with them. Mm-hmm. So I always laugh when people get that wrong. The very little Spanish that I know has uh, made that funny to me. Well, I blame the Joker. <laughs> you would think they'd have like a script supervisor or something. But... uh the, I think that's interesting that he's challenging Batman to a fight at the parade after he dumps $20 million on everybody. I think that's hilarious. Just another great setup there. So Bruce decides he's going to go murder a bunch of people at Access Chemicals. <laughs> I think that's the next scene. Well, he remembers that Joker is the one that killed his parents. He's like, I know that guy. He looks really familiar. Is that uh, Dance of the Devil in the Pale Moonlight line? Because uh, this is where Alfred brings Vicky down into the Batcave, too. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, she just seems like nonplussed about the whole situation. Like, she's like not surprised or like, like it's not anything that like, throws her off that he's Batman and the Batcave is in his mansion. Like, she's just like, she, it's almost like she knew it already. Yeah. So yeah, is the next one the scene at Axis Chemicals? Yeah. yeah. It was weird. The Batman just goes charging in there, guns a-blazing to break down the door. And then while all the goons are trying to shoot at the Batmobile, he just blows the fucking place up. <laughs> I was trying to figure out if he was in the Batmobile or if he was doing it remotely. Because, you know, he had that that voice-activated remote where, like, he could get it to drive to him, you know, when he was outside of it. Yeah. And it kind of makes sense that he would do it that way versus driving in himself. Because he blew that shit fucking sky high. Like, I don't know how many things he exploded in there, but <laughs> there had to be, like, 40 or 50 people in there. Yeah, uh, like who knows how many other people are going to be affected by having all those chemicals blown into the air <laughs> like, I don't think he thought that through but he doesn't get the Joker the Joker's flying away in a helicopter mm-hmm. and it's kind of a hard cut to Joker at the parade like it was like a, a weird cut how they went from him being in the helicopter to him being at the parade yeah 
got a couple floats and a bunch of balloons. He's dancing to Trust by Prince, throwing bags of money everywhere, <laughs> dancing it's, along with the music. It's so funny. I was just losing it at him just throwing money and dancing. And <laughs> <laughs> so good. And the big balloons have gas canisters kind of they're not so much hidden as they're just kind of they just kind of go unnoticed well you don't know because everyone that looks at them can see like oh look there's a bunch of gas canisters there but yeah i guess you could think that's for the balloon but you think all those balloons are always pre-filled they wouldn't have a gas tank well i don't know if they like it's cold it's the middle of winter so you almost think Maybe, you know, they, they have that as like a backup for any uh, air that gets leaked due to the cold weather, something like that. But like, I don't know how those balloons work. Like, yeah, you wouldn't think twice, uh, I, I would imagine. And I think this leads to our next clip, which gives a little speech. Just. And now, and now folks. folks. It's time for who do you trust? Hubba, hubba, hubba. Money, money, money. Who do you trust? Me? I'm giving away free money. And where is the Batman? He's at home washing his tights. (laughs) Winged battle flies through the night and finds me ready, Bob. Mask. Mask! Put him on now! Right. And now comes the part where I relieve you, the little people, of the burden of your failed and useless lives. But as my plastic surgeon always said, if you gotta go, go with a smile. <laughs> So then he starts murdering a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And Knox is a, suddenly a hero. I, I forget. He starts running around. He puts Vicky back in the car or whatever so she doesn't get the gas. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he understands how like car vents work. Um, Did you notice he had a nice like N95 type mask in his trunk? That's right. Pretty yeah, COVID. He did. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he was doing a lot of painting or something. <laughs> but... Uh, you know, Batman's flying around in his bat wing, just, you know, cruising, cruising for a bruising. And uh, he is able to snag the balloons that are leaking the gas over the crowd. Joker not too happy about that as Batman releases them off into the atmosphere. And that's our next clip. And our last clip, right? I think so. And it's one of the best lines in the movie, I think. (laughs) (laughs) He stole my balloons! Why didn't somebody tell me that he had one of those things? Bob? Gun. (gasps) Going to need a minute or two alone, boys. Come on, get out of here! He does that several times throughout the movie. Like, I need a minute or two alone, boys. 
And because he, he loves talking to himself. He does that throughout the whole movie. I think he shoots Bob with his own gun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Batman swoops around and he starts shooting his guns down at Joker and his floats. Somehow misses Joker with every single one. Yeah, Joker even though he pulls- has like the most you know, accurate scientific targeting systems available. Right. They got that big gimmick that comes down. <laughs> the Joker pulls out like the longest pistol you'll ever see. Like mm-hmm. how long was that thing? Like three feet? Like it was Something all the way like down that. in pants leg. I don't know how he was dancing with that in his pants <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> Such a bamf in that scene. Just love how he's standing in the middle of the street. Just totally unfazed by anything. Just, a little something so similar at, in uh, The Dark Knight. He's so pissed by his balloons being taken. Like, he, he's seeing red. <laughs> <laughs> but he takes down the Batwing. You know, Batman crashes his fucking airplane or whatever and just walks away like it's nothing. Like he's just well, fucking... <laughs> because Vicky Vale rescues him from the wreckage. <laughs> yeah, but still... She gets him out. But still, like, the impact would have been a little jarring, I would think. He's got seatbelts on. I guess it's uh, the most safe thing ever. (laughs) But, yeah, Joker kidnaps Vicky, and he takes her to church, and they start climbing up to the top of the the bell tower. And this scene was a little, uh, not necessarily this part of it, but a little bit later I was confused because, you know, they get to the top and they... He he drops the bell down through the uh, the stairwell, so it's like a not a spiral staircase, but it kind of goes in circles as you go up, and it cuts off the stairway just below where Batman is, and then it blocks the door into it so the police can't get through. But once uh, they get to the top, and Batman gets up there, there's a bunch of goons up there, and like there's a bunch of other stuff that, like he didn't have with him before he got up there. Yeah, and there's another bell. <laughs> so is there like a back door like people were running up the backside? I'm not sure, but I found that scene hilarious when the bell drops all the way down to the bottom and blocks the door. Commissioner Gordon, all the cops are outside, and Gordon just tries to push the bell while all the other cops just stand <laughs> there and watch. And he tries for like two seconds. He's like, Yeah, no, nothing we can do. <laughs> like nobody help tries to help him push it yes. so they could get through. Just, no, that's it. <laughs> Wrap it up, boys. <laughs> we'll just have to wait it out and see what happens. <laughs> so she's like, we'll just let the old, fat, you know, out of shape commissioner try and move the bell by himself. Like, that bell is huge. Like, there's no way they're moving that bell. Like, no I way. thought if they had, like, a few of them, they could have, like, pushed it a little bit. So well, they, even they could so maybe it, get by. But even so, it took, like, the whole staircase down with it. Yeah. Seems like a rickety staircase, though. I liked when uh, Batman got up there and Joker's like, it can be truly said that I have a bat in my belfry. (laughs) 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 But like I said, there's a whole bunch of goons up there. I don't know how they got up there. Like, the helicopter to get the Joker doesn't come for like another 20 minutes. Yeah. But Batman does like a Rey Mysterio head scissors on a guy and flings him down the fucking stairway. Like, that's like a 300-foot drop. Yeah, that was a pretty sweet move. Like, that dude's not living. You're telling me Batman didn't kill that guy? Yeah, Batman is bloodied 
Like his face is pretty fucked up and cut. Like you don't get a lot of that in uh, the Bale movies, especially in like uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. I remember in Batman Forever, uh, Val Kilmer gets shot. Uh, his head gets grazed by a bullet. Mm-hmm. It's like a little slice on his forehead. That's about it. Yeah, there's not a lot of blood in these movies. But they, like I was saying, like Batman and Batman Returns, there kind of is. Which is a little surprising after watching like all the more recent Batmans. Right. I mean, in Dark Knight Rises, uh, he gets you know fucked up by Bane quite a bit. Uh, but um, especially at the end, like, it's not really a drop of blood on him until I mean he gets stabbed, but that's kind of covered up by his suit. Mm-hmm. I like two of the uh, Joker's line about the beauty and the beast. They'll call us the Beauty and the Beast, but if anybody else calls us, if anybody else calls you the Beast. I'll rip their lungs out. A lot of charisma, that Joker. <laughs> we finally get the showdown with Batman and the Joker. And uh, they go over the ledge of the uh, the bell tower on the outside. Joker somehow hangs on and pulls the Vicky and Batman over the edge on, you know, while he's hanging on to that gargoyle. Yeah. I don't know how he did that, but <laughs> <laughs> the physics doesn't really work out. But he's able to get the helicopter comes for him and he's able to grab the little rope ladder. But Batman fucking uses his battering to tie him to the gargoyle that's on the, the ledge of the building. That gargoyle is too much for Joker to hang on to and hold himself up on top of it. So he takes a like a 500 foot tumble to the pavement below. Mm-hmm. And, and he uh, survived that it's hard to tell if he survived it but i i'm guessing he, if you know he forgot to mention when batman grabs joker um, you know by the collar and pulls him close and says i'm going to kill you <laughs> <laughs> i was like yeah batman doesn't say that again like after batman returns like it's <laughs> He doesn't kill. He literally says this one, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and then he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> like he doesn't waste a lot of time making it happen. <laughs> and then Batman and Vicky fall, but they he does the battering to stop them like two inches from the before they hit the concrete. Because I'm sure that G Force wouldn't just have their skeletons come out of their fucking skin on the, you know, on the hard stop there. Yeah. He has a bag of laughs in his pocket. Commissioner finds when they're looking at the Joker below where the concrete got all cracked up, but the Joker's body is still intact. Yeah. It's a PG, PG movie. We got to keep it, you know, or is it PG 13? I should say. It is PG 13. Yeah. So, that's kind of where they end the movie, right? Like, there's not. Yeah, there's. Really they unveil the bat signal. We have oh, that's a right. signal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he gave us this. So it's from Wayne Enterprises. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that mysterious masked man? <laughs> yeah, so, it ends with him posing on a rooftop with that logo in the background, the the signal. Yeah. So I mean, it was a pretty sweet movie. Good finish. All right. I think we can get into fun facts. Hey, everybody. Here's some fun facts. IMDb has a few. There's only 343. Now, I don't know if it's in the fun facts. There's something in the fun facts that Jack Nicholson 
got a percentage of the gross on this film, which resulted in $60 million. But I always remember hearing about how when they signed Jack Nicholson to play the Joker, he had some kind of deal where he would get like a percentage on every Batman movie that was made after this one, whether he was in it or not. Like they gave him like an almost an ownership share in the Batman you know, property or whatever. So I don't know if there's truth to that or if like I remember hearing something rumor. similar. But yeah, I'm not sure of exact figures. But I thought like that was the sweetest deal that you could ever work out as an actor to get paid for the movie you're in and then every other movie in the franchise, even though you have nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. Like that is absurd. Like that they would give somebody that kind of deal just you know because they're jack nicholson like you wanted him that bad but yep yeah so i don't know if they have a an entry in imdb trivia about that but there's one thing that i always remember hearing like you know as a kid all right well uh i guess i'll kick off the fun facts with this one talking about batman using guns so one of the film's more controversial moments, Batman shoots at the Joker's thugs with a machine gun attached to the Batwing. This moment is lifted from the finale of The Giant of Hugo Strange, Batman number one, spring 1940, where Batman opens fire on Hugo Strange's men from the Batplane. It was referenced again in the finale of The Dark Knight Rises, where Batman shoots at a villain's truck. In most comics, Batman uses or refuses to use a gun because such a weapon killed his parents, but there is some occasions in the comics where Batman did use a gun. There you go. Not that it was common, but it happened. Here's a fun fact. Uh, Jack Nicholson had a strict schedule stipulated into his contract that his casting call was to be later than most actors and actresses on the set. Jack was known for having late evenings up to 3 a.m. before he would get home as he dined out every night or attended small parties. Michael Keaton would arrive early in the mornings and Jack would come in around 10 a.m. at the earliest and greet Michael, then sit, in, sit on his chair. He would then tilt his head back and fall asleep immediately as the makeup artist worked on his prosthetics. So definitely a sweet deal for Jack Nicholson. Like He got like everything that he wanted just to be the Joker. Here's a fun fact. So Michael Keaton apparently came up with the famous line, I'm Batman, early in the movie. It was originally, I am the knight, was the original line. Hmm. A lot of these fun facts, especially towards the bottom, are reference uh, specific comic books. So there's a lot of homages to different comic books. So I'm not going to go into all those, but I wanted to mention that there is a lot of references in here where you can find certain things uh, in the comic series here's another fun fact jack nicholson loved his performance in this film so much that at one point he was watching the film once a week at his house (laughs) (laughs) wow as opposed to other actors who won't even watch their own movies yeah The Batmobile was built on the chassis of a Chevy Impala and incorporated the engine of an Impala, the taillights of a Ferrari, the fuel caps of a London bus, and jet engine parts from a Harrier jump jet, 
The sliding cockpit was also inspired by that of a Harrier with the slim windows of a gun emplacement. Art director Terry Eklund Snow added the headlights of a Honda Civic to the vehicle after noticing them on his wife's car. So I see here, Nicholson accepted the role of the Joker under strict conditions that dictated top billing portion of the film's earnings, which you alluded to earlier, including associated merchandise and his own shooting schedule. So he could have made a lot of money uh, from merchandise as well, not just, I mean, this movie was a huge hit. Right. Made a lot of money, but also made a lot of money from merchandise. So I actually gave Jack Nicholson some money when I bought that Batmobile. <laughs> I think we've all given Jack Nicholson some money from one time or another. Tim Burton recalls being nervous in the early days of shooting in part because this was his first big film, but it was compounded by working with Jack Palance. During filming, he was having trouble shooting a scene with Palance. When filming scene with Palance, Burton called out action. And a few minutes later, Palance didn't show up in his shot. Burton later cut the take and walked on the set only to find out that Jack had a hearing problem. The deaf but irritated Palance asked Burton, I made more than a hundred films. How many have you made? Burton said years later that it was a whiteout experience he would never forget. Despite this incident, Burton adds that he was good for the part. Can't think of anybody else who could be Jack Nicholson's boss. Here's a fun fact. Sean Young was originally cast as Vicki Vale, but was injured in a horse riding accident prior to commencement of filming. So they had to replace her with Kim Basinger. Yeah, I just passed another one that said that Kim Basinger was the original choice for Vicki Vale. And then like she hesitated, so they cast Sean Young. And I then see. for whatever reason, Kim Basinger was available after Sean Young got hurt. Yeah, because I remember reading this little bit of trivia on another episode where we talked about Sean Young. Because in the late 80s, she had some troubles. Uh, yeah. She was in some lawsuits with some people, and she, she was known as very difficult to work with and all that. She had developed some mental health issues. I'm not sure if maybe at the time, but over the years, she had some mental health issues. But Didn't she, she is, show? Uh, yeah. She's in Bone Tomahawk, if you recognize her in there. Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, who did she play in that? Uh, she was somebody, one of like the townspeople. I think she's only in one or two scenes. She was basically in the bar in the beginning. Okay. Kurt Russell's in there, and yeah, she walks in. She's one of the, I guess. Oh, like the mayor's wife or whatever. Yeah, something like that. Didn't she show up to the casting for Batman Returns dressed as Catwoman? Yeah. And then she, she showed up, I think, to Tim Burton's house in a yeah, Catwoman costume, yeah. trying to get the role. Because I remember hearing about that. Like, they talk about that on VH1 a lot back in the day. Um, I think she was bipolar or something, or schizophrenic. Some, some severe mental illness that caused her to act very strangely. Yeah. She's good in Blade Runner and as Lois Einhorn in Ace Ventura. <laughs> We don't talk about that one anymore. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing numbers here, looking at Nicholson's contract, at least in Wikipedia. It reduced the standard $10 million fee to $6 million in exchange for cut of the film's earnings, including the merchandise, which led to 
remuneration in ex excess of 50 million. Uh, biographer Mark Ellie reports that Nicholson may have received as much as 90 million. So you, you've mentioned 50 million. So probably is at least 50 that he got. Yeah. In the original script, Bruce Wayne was described as a man with muscles on top of muscles and scarred from nightly combat. Obviously that changed. The name of the Joker's alter ego, Jack Napier was created by the filmmakers in the comics. The Joker was never given a real name. And his anonymous status is often crucial to the plot. And whatever real name he has is yet to be definitively revealed. The name Jack Napier is intended to be a play on the words Jack and Apes, a medieval English term for a foolish fellow who resembles an ape, hmm. as well as a reference to Alan Napier, who played Alfred in the television show Batman from 1966. Tim Burton stated in an interview that he had initially wanted Adam West and Julie Newmar from Batman 66 to play Thomas and Martha Wayne in the flashback. Audiences would recognize West and Newmar from the series and see them get shot, symbolizing the death of the old Batman. Script rewrites caused this to be scrapped, and West later said he wasn't even offered the role. And even if he was, he wouldn't have taken it. Uh, West and Newmar would respectively voice Thomas and Martha in Chill of the Night in 2010. I don't know what that is, but I don't know. They've made a lot of animated Batman movies. Mm -hmm. So uh, the freakishly long revolver the Joker uses to shoot the Batwing is a Smith and Wesson model 15-3 or 15-3 or 15-3 with a custom 21 inch barrel. So a little less than two feet, but I mean, the whole gun itself is longer than two feet. Yeah. And that is a scientific fact. Uh, there's so many on here. Yeah. And about a hundred of them are about references to the comic books. Well, here's one. Michael Keaton stated that the crew would tape basketball games for Jack Nicholson as he would come in and watch them the next day while his makeup was added. One day when by his own admission, Jack was so frustrated that the game, that no game was on, he turned on the only thing available, a dart game. The next day, as he passed Michael on the set, he looked at him and said, how about that dart game? To which both he and Michael burst out laughing. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder who got Jack's Lakers seats while they were filming. Yeah. On-screen body count is apparently 56, according to this. Now, those weren't all killed by Batman, of course, but a good chunk of them were. Yeah, probably... At least 40. <laughs> when the Joker is shouting at Batman from the helicopter after Batman destroys Axis chemicals, Michael Keaton couldn't turn his head to look up, so he had to move his entire body up to look at the Joker, which has been dubbed the hero turn. <laughs> I remember hearing that a lot in the past where he couldn't really move his head, so he just kind of moved his whole body. Yeah, they made a big deal about the... Uh, Batman suit that Christian Bale had I think it was even in the Dark Knight it wasn't even Batman Begins it was like the first ever Batman suit that lets you turn your head because like, every other one was just like a solid piece uh, connecting the, the headpiece to the shoulders yeah I don't know you have any other pressing fun facts there's so many in here we could be no I mean there's like, for another a, hour there's 343 in IMDb, so 
Uh, I'm sure there's more that are interesting, but it's, I mean, it, it's so many. There, we could never cover them all. All right. Well, uh, why don't you tell the folks at home about Teespring and give a little update on your own podcast, the Positively Wolfie podcast. Yeah, if you want to get some merchandise and support WTM, uh, head over to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM watch this movie. And then also check out my other podcast, the Positively Wolfie podcast, where we provide unqualified commentary on allegedly real news. You can find that anywhere that you listen to podcasts. You can email the show at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. You can follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or Brett at positively wolf one. You can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com and please rate and review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and many other podcast apps. We will check you later. I guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking Check about? Check you later. Check you later. <laughs> hey, man, you lost my case.